So this Thursday program, I remember um, you, you, you talked earlier about how these programs start to germinate very far in advance. And I remember last year sitting in my living room and you recited the PMF programs to me. And I remember we talked about this particular program with the, the Brahms Third Symphony. Right. And the order and the content. And I think it's going to be so wonderful the way you have it set up. It is. It is also very unusual. Yes. So I'm going to start from the beginning. Of course, Third Thursday is a time for the third installation of the Brahms symphonies, number three. But Brahms wrote Third Symphony in such a way, especially the ending, that it does not really fit as a final number in an orchestral program, as an evening, because it has very quiet ending. And usually, after quiet ending, conductor walks off the stage listening to the sound of his own steps. Footsteps. <laughs> So I thought, well, then perhaps we should move that piece into the first half. And so I created the program by which two halves of the program will represent two uh, almost opposite developments in uh, German romantic Romanticism. One would be the adherence to the classical uh, rules of the absolute music this time represented by overture of by Schumann, his Genoveva overture and Symphony Number no. Three by Brahms, followed in the second half by a representative of the new school of the music, which represent programmatic influences of poetry and literature and non-absolute musical developments, and those would be composers Franz Liszt and Richard Strauss. In a way, it's a contrast of um, modesty and brashness. If you think about Schumann and, and Brahms, Brahms. Who, who studied music, who revered it, who sort of absorbed it and synthesized it into their own style, and then Liszt and Strauss, who as young men basically just stood up and said, here we are. Yes. And this is our music. Two radicals. Two radicals, that's right. All right. The Liszt will be represented by his second piano concerto in a major and featuring young talent from Kiev, from Ukraine, who is finishing his master's degree now at Manhattan School of Music and has already a couple of international first prizes in the competitions and making his waves, ways into the uh, musical world of international solo career. His name is Pavel Gintov, 24, maybe 25 by now years of age. Um, so he's coming to play this concerto, which uh, he played in Tokyo for his uh, uh, um, gold medal in an international competition in Japan. That concerto is uh, in one movement, but as we all know with the music of Franz Liszt, that my movement could be very easy dissected in a section which will be like a little mini, mini, mini symphonic form within. Uh, but this concerto is uh, a tour de force. It is. I, I have to say, I actually prefer it to the first, much more famous uh, Liszt concerto yes. in, e, in yes. e flat. But I, yes. I, as a piece of music, I actually find this more satisfying. Yes. Very interesting. Yes. I, I really enjoy this piece and I'm looking forward to introduce this young man to our public.
and uh, so here we have another first performance of this piece. We've never done second concerto by list. That's, that's amazing. And certainly we've never done symphonic poem Ayrija Strauss, Don Juan, uh, because we never had forces to do so. Now, this piece does not need any introduction. It is one of the uh, culminations of music of Richard Strauss, although it was his first piece which gave him a really sure footing as a prime composer of Germany. That's right. Although he was a very young boy, at the time, an assistant of um, Hans von Bülow at Mannheim and then Weimar. So here we're going to have another interesting feature and that is finishing not only first half of the concert very soft but the whole concert very soft because Richard Strauss's poem is also uh, dying away mainly because Don Juan was taken away to the underworld by the Commandore with a very good grip and squeeze of the uh, stone guest, right? Yes. I, I remember when we talked about this program long ago, we, we talked about the order yes. of, of the program, but it's, it's really nice, I think, sometimes to have the symphony and its structure in the first half and, other, and another form, in this case the piano concerto and a tone poem to finish. In the second half. Yes, yes. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's always remarkable to me as well. You did an even earlier tone poem of Richard Strauss last year. Aus Italien. Aus Italien. Absolutely. Which yes, is a yeah. wonderful piece of music, but um, the sheer command of his writing, of the young Richard Strauss's writing in Don Juan, always takes my breath away. Well, actually, if you are a musicologist, you would be totally astonished with how much progress he made as a composer. Yes. Just from opus 18, 19 to 20. It's like he matured yes. by a decade in the space of one or two years. Exactly. And he pushed the orchestra. He, he, uh, he pushed the orchestra to elevate its technique and technical capacities of players and instruments and help bring about the modern orchestra. Exactly, exactly. So that this will be another highlight and a culmination of our festival. And we should also just, just note, the, having talked earlier about uh, Brahms being expected to take up the mantle of Beethoven, and you mentioned the, the expectation that his first symphony would be like Beethoven's tenth, and it really wasn't. But it's nonetheless very interesting to note the probably intentional um, references and homage that Brahms pays to Beethoven, especially in this third symphony, where uh, you very frequently hear these motives, rhythmic and otherwise, that harken you back to Beethoven. Not to mention his homage to Schumann, because he, yes. to his uh, very famous That's right, which opens, which opens the symphony and then returns at the end almost like just a mirror reflection of itself, outlined in the first violins. And we noted earlier Brahms's affection for song form, and he didn't always do the standard just slow movement and scherzo that he would have inherited, but rather he replaced those with similar moods but in song forms. And there is no more song-like uh, piece, I think, than the, the third uh, 
Opus yeah. Sostenuto, yeah. The, yeah. the third movement of yeah. the Brahms third. Of course, of course. Yes. An amazing tune. And I look at this program and think, how wonderful that for one ticket they get almost two concerts in one. That's right. It's fabulous. Unfortunately, I will have to rehearse two programs in one. <laughs> <laughs> Our orchestra can do it, and you can too. <laughs> well, buy your tickets now. <laughs>